Hi, I'm Andrew Sotomayor, and this is Masters of Makeup. And on this debut episode, my very special guest is makeup artist Carmen D. Bowyer. You know her from TLC's hit show, What Not to Wear, and from her makeup line on QVC, Carmen D. Beauty. Carmendy is best known for doing TV makeovers that go beyond skin deep, but today she's sharing how she ran off to Hollywood to start her career, ignored the advice she got along the way, and carved a unique path for herself helping everyday women to find their inner beauty. From the outside, she seems like the California girl who's always had it all, but she also reveals how she overcame bullying and an abusive relationship to build a life focused on helping you feel more of that inner glow. This is Masters of Makeup. Hi, everyone. My name is Andrew Sotomayor, and this is Masters of Makeup, the show where I talk to the best makeup artists in the business about their careers, how they started them, and what they've learned about life. I am so excited because today my very special guest is none other than Carmen D. Carmen D, thank you so much for being here. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. We've been messaging back and forth, and our schedules finally matched up. So. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Andrew, it is absolutely my pleasure to hang out and talk with you. We have so much to talk today. So I, it's like being the kid in the candy store, kid in the Carmendy store. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know that you started in makeup when you were really young. I 15. Teen. Tell me about that. 15. So I grew up in Huntington Beach, California, which seems idyllic, right? It's like surfers and the beach and, you know, everybody looked like Baywatch babes. And I was the awkward kid. I was overweight. I had braces. My mom permed my hair. I was so bullied as a kid. And I just was a misfit. I didn't fit in with anybody. And so growing up there was really great, but I needed to find an outlet. And my mother was a watercolorist and a painter. And I would go to her art classes with her and just be like, wow, this is amazing. And I got into looking at fashion magazines. You know, I used to love reading like Elle magazine and seeing these women like leaping on a beach and, and being free and traveling all over. And I said, you know, how can I create art and travel and do that? And so I literally, you know, in like freshman year of high school, I had no friends. And in the library in my high school, they had fashion magazines. So I would sit there at lunchtime and I would just pour through these magazines. And I was like, wait a minute this is really cool. And I, I met a friend of mine whose dad was a makeup artist in Hollywood. And I was like, that's a job. Cool. Like, how do I get that job? And so I interviewed him. And I, at that time I was like 16 years old. And I said, what does it take to become a makeup artist? And he's like, Oh, well, there's these agencies in LA and you have to drive, you know, to see them and then just sign up as an apprentice. So I was living at home with my folks I had, you know, a little tiny piece of crap car and I had my dad build me one of those Hollywood style makeup mirrors with the light bulbs and the director's chair. And I just drove to LA, uh, you know, anytime I could out of school and on the weekends and I apprenticed, I assisted, I cleaned brushes. 
I got coffee. I just wanted to be on set and learn the business. And that's how it all began. So I was really young and very focused. I love, I love the whole story and, and the fact that you started it with this sort of like thoroughly modern Millie sort of approach. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a way to really research it because the internet is not a thing yet for fashion. Yeah. And I'm just going to go to California and figure this out trial by fire. Yep. That is such a different approach than I think we even have an opportunity to do nowadays because nowadays people start learning about makeup so, so young. Yes. So by the time you get to, by the time you get to college age, by the yeah. time you get old enough to drive a car anywhere, you've already got your skills packed up along with maybe a whole lot of product, huh? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think these days people are really bombarded with almost too much information. And I think that's why you see so many capable young people with every opportunity in the world out there clueless about what they really want to do um, because they didn't have that survival instinct. I had gratitude that I was lucky enough to know what my calling was at, at a young age. I love what I do. I always loved what I do, which is not for everybody. I mean, people really struggle with that. They're like, how do you find what you love to do? Um, and then also the fact that it helped me get over such severe insecurity of being bullied. That is a power that I wanted to give back. And the one thing that I did remember always is that I would look at certain makeup artists or hairdressers or stylists and the one thing that I never did is I never played the compare and despair game. I never looked at somebody who might have been more successful or doing something different and be like, oh, well, I'm not there yet. I knew that I had a unique talent. My talent was creating natural, clean looking makeup. So I would see some of these big, you know, famous makeup artists and they were doing the cover of Vogue and avant-garde stuff. And I would look at that as just another art. It's almost like going in a museum. There's watercolorists and pastel painters and, and oil painters and sculptors. And I just looked at everybody doing really incredible things and I appreciated it. And I never had that envy chip. I was just happy to be at the party and happy that I was getting hired to do what I did best, which is more of a clean watercolor approach because not everybody can do that either. Hmm. So there were many times, and I'm sure it's happened to you, where I was with groups of people that I didn't vibe with, that were more in the negative space, that were more like, and what I would do is I would choose just not to work with them again. Yes. I mean, I tell people all the time, and I think this is so underappreciated, especially for young makeup artists who are getting advice from all sorts of places. Yeah. What you say no to, the jobs you turn down, yeah. are just as important as the jobs you say yes to. And do yes. Totally. Totally. I, 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 oh gosh, you know, <laughs> I think there was probably a time and a place where if you were an actor or a makeup artist, and this is a controversial statement, I feel like there was a time and a place where you wanted to say yes to every single thing that came to you. To assume that every opportunity is one worth having is, is maybe a little bit outdated just because there are so many ways to learn now yes. that I don't think we need to subject ourselves to people who are not gonna respect us enough as a craft. I don't think there's a reason to go out there and taking a job where you know this photographer is not really gonna do the same level of work that I'm already able to do, or right. this person is just not gonna 
didn't treat me nice the last time I worked with them. They're probably not going to treat me nice this next time either. So let me go learn and practice my skills somewhere else or with a friend. Or if I'm not getting paid, it's on my Saturday with a friend who I enjoy collaborating with. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. Sometimes I would say yes to jobs where I didn't get paid because I loved the group that I was working with and it was really spectacular. And then there were other gigs that paid a lot of money, but they were horrible people. And I know I'd be miserable for three days. And I'm like, you know what? I had faith enough in myself to be like, it's all going to work out and you still need to be happy. And I mean, and every time that instinct said, don't do it. And I did it. And I was like, Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done it because it was horrifying. (laughs) But when I took this, Andrew, you won't believe this. When I took what not to wear, everyone in the industry said, what are you crazy? You're going to ruin your career. That's so cheesy. You're on TLC. Like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? So everybody in fashion thought I was committing suicide. I looked at it differently. I was like, no, you know what? I do clean and easy and natural makeup. The people who need it the most are not the beautiful models and the celebrities, but the women at home that nobody's talking to. Where is their voice? Where is their expert? And I made a decision, and I'll never forget, the, the beauty editors are like, well, if you, you know, we, if you do that, when we interview in magazines and, you, and we say, what celebrity did you work on? I said, I'm not talking about celebrities anymore. And they're like, well, you're not going to get interviewed. I said, yeah, I will. Watch. It'll take a minute, but you'll get there. Because this is, you know, there are makeup artists that work with celebrities, models. I've done it all, but I want to focus and be the real woman's makeup guru. And sure enough, they came around. And now everybody and their mother's on TV, okay? You know, when I think about Kevin O'Quan, I think what the most groundbreaking thing about him was is that he blew the lid off of all of the secrets. Yes. You know, he really made makeup for the first time in history something that was accessible to everyone that the knowledge was accessible to everyone and i think that you've really done a lot of that as well what i needed to do was bring it into everybody's household that's what i wanted to do everybody in america people that would never have access to fashion or beauty i wanted them to know that it was easy i find everybody beautiful in their unique way so when i look at a face i never look at a face and say how can i fix this to make it look better what i do is i look at the face and say what's magical about that unique person even if they're unconventionally beautiful and let's turn that into a showpiece but uh i'm with an amazing amazing team right now but i listen to the women that you're talking about the the ones that don't have a voice the ones that be like you know what i really like I really like a mascara that does this. Or I'd really like lipstick. That's what I pay attention to. And then I take my philosophy, my experience, and then I create a brand for them. Well, and I like the way you do your you do your your products and your makeup, even just your own personal makeup. I love that you um, you kind of have these little tricks that are subtle. Yeah. but make a difference. Like you talked earlier about appreciating art and you'll see these amazing avant-garde things that people do that are so over the top and so exciting yeah. and colorful and, and just, you know, mind boggling. But there's a way to always let those amazing avant-garde things inspire even the most subtle details. Yes. I noticed with your own makeup that um, you turned sideways and your eyeliner in this video was tweaked up just a little bit and it wasn't a cat eye it wasn't even like a kitten eye it was just it just lifted just a little bit 
only you could see it sideways. And then when you turn back center, just like, oh, her eyes are lifted and awake. And I thought, what a cute little like secret trick. I love that you noticed that. Well, it's because, you know, when when working with real women, what you know, all ages, um, they, like a lot of women come to me and they might be say over 50 and they're like, I want to do a cat eye. I'm like, girl, that ship sailed. Let's just be honest. We can't do a cat eye if you don't have the lid to hold it up. But what we can do is the little trick, the little baby wing, that little kind of flick. So it does lift and you can wear it all day long and you're playing into the trend, but at the same time, it makes sense for you. That's what I try to do for, for every woman that I work with. Every product I develop, I make sure, and I don't know if you know this, but I product develop backwards. So, like, for instance, my favorite thing in the world, which is my foundation, it's next level. I love it. I always, always get it from the lab. After I try it, I always put it on a woman in her 70s. Because if it's going to work on a woman in her 70s, it's going to work on a woman who's 50, 40, 30, 20. But that's not what companies usually do. Usually they develop a product, they slap it on a model, they photograph it, it looks gorgeous, it's retouched, everybody goes out and buy it, and then they wonder why it's not working on them. Yeah. So all of these like crazy trends with the contouring the living daylights out of your face to literally say you're not good enough, your bone structure's not good enough, your face isn't good enough, we're gonna contour you to high heaven just on a Tuesday to go to work, this too shall pass. What never goes out of style is true art and beautiful makeup that enhances who you naturally are. I started doing this show. It's called Inner Beauty. It's on QVC um, on all their social channels. Um, and it just takes my tiny little old what not to wear segment of when I just kind of get together with that woman and I sit her down and again, I tell her to look in the mirror and be like, talk to me. And we have that moment where it's like, you know, she's stressed, she let herself go, she's unhappy, she got out of an abusive relationship. And I've been through so much that I find where I can connect with her from what, those old wounds, shine that light, she shines, and then it's just everybody's happy and we all look really good. <laughs> and you talked about also, yes, and you know, with makeup specifically, you don't normally think of that as a place to do a whole lot of good in the world. And I really feel like that's why it's so important that we're doing these kinds of conversations now while we're all stuck in quarantine. And we have to really understand that life is not going to go exactly back to what it was before this. And so we have to really recognize whether you're a makeup artist or you're working on Wall Street, there is always a way that we can do good with whatever skills we already have. There's nothing more intimate than being that close to somebody, having to have them trust you. Yeah. Um, and even in the future, whether it be with masks and gloves, there's still, we won't get rid of that. If we do it this way, through Zoom, there's an intimacy here that we still need to connect on. And yeah. we really need to support one another and help each other. Well, you've seen a lot of people through all these makeovers and what not to wear, and I'm sure in the Inner Beauty series that you do as well, you've seen people like really bare their soul and, and talk about where they feel insecure and where they haven't felt beautiful. And whether it's that initial moment where they're talking about their struggle or it's afterwards once they actually get that transformative experience and they get the makeup and that whole new look, they always cry. Yeah. People are always crying at the end of a big makeover. It's so true. I think because they have spent so long listening to the negative record in their head 
it's that damn negative record that it's like, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. My nose is big. My forehead's huge. I have small eyes. My skin looks like crap. You know, he left me because, um, and what I try to do before I put a primer on them, before I put mascara on them, is I try to break down where that insecurity first stems from, address it, get rid of it, have them look into the mirror with new fresh eyes that they've never used before to see the beauty that I see. Cause I've never met this person before. Right. So I'm looking at them going, Oh my God, you've got beautiful brown eyes and your quirky smile is adorable. And that dimple and these freckles, like I see all this awesomeness. They've been trapped in that broken record. So I try to break that down first. And then when they look at themselves after the makeover, their, their mind has changed a little bit. Their mental structures changed. That broken record has stopped. And I think that's where the release of crying comes from because they finally realize what time they've wasted. So you had done an Instagram video just the other day okay. where you taught your viewers how to make a spirit bottle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Sweet Paul, my buddy Sweet Paul. That was so fun to watch. And the oh. bottle is beautiful. So I got to find just the empty bottle alone because that was a gorgeous bottle. And I remember you talking us through it and you were you were doing something that um, would, much like a lot of the things we talked about today, potentially be a little... Um, too airy for some people to appreciate, yeah. maybe too too emotional, too lovey-dovey, or just too different than the kind of things we talk about day-to-day -day life, or things you wouldn't necessarily tell your boss about in your office job. Yeah. But you have this way of getting people to try things they haven't tried before, including taking feathers and putting them in a bottle and wishing them and saying thanks, thanks to the angels, they need our support right now, or putting Purell into a glass bottle as well. Yeah. I'm sitting here watching this video and I'm like, Carmody is basically casting a spell, yeah. but no one person's going to sit here and watch this video, certainly not me, and think she's a witch. No. You're thinking, my God, what a fun activity to like retrain my brain and get excited. Oh, I'm so glad that you like that. I've been doing these wow. little rituals all my life, and I, I don't consider myself religious. I, I definitely am spiritual, but I'm also not shoving it down anyone's throat. I know in this new wellness world, you know, everybody's like into it. And I'm like, catch up. Where you been? Like, I've been doing this since I was a kid. But what it is, is it's intention, whether you're Jewish or Muslim or Christian or agnostic. What it is, is an intention. And what I do with my intentions is there's got to be an action item. Because you can sit there and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to manifest this, or but unless you do something about it, it's not going to go anywhere. So what I like to do, especially with that spirit bottle, is that you can take any element that you have in your house. You don't need to buy a special crystal or anything you have. When you put your intention into that and you stick it into a jar and you keep that jar and you look at that and you remember what your focus is supposed to be, that keeps you going in that direction. It's that simple. It does, you don't have to believe in anything. All I'm saying is yeah. you write it down. When you go grocery shopping, right, and you don't write a list, you get there and you're like, ah, I need that and I need that. And you overspend or you forget something. Well, you make a list when you go to the grocery store, right? Well, why can't we do that for our lives, for our intentions, for our moods? It's a reminder to you. If nothing else, if you don't believe for a second that any of this has any magic to it, you can still believe that it's going to remind you. Yes. 
to come back to this thought or come back to this goal or this, this, this dream that you have for yourself. That's absolutely the point. And, I, and again, it doesn't matter what religion you are. You, get, you, get, you do it anytime, any place, anywhere. It's literally about what's going to make me feel good. And listen, I don't feel good every day. There are days where I have not gotten out of this bed, binge watching Netflix, eating a pizza and drinking tequila. Okay. I have been there during this quarantine going, oh my God. And then what you do is the next day you pop yourself up. You say, okay, I get, you, lean, you leaned into that day, but then you lean into the healthy day the next day. It's so important that we cultivate some type of balance because, yeah. you know, when we're in a bad state or we're going through a rough patch, it's difficult to then be giving to your clients or to be listening to everyone else's opinion in this creative space that's collective. Yeah. Um, but, you know what, Joan Rivers said something that I think is also true. When her, she lost her husband, when her husband died, she talked about how she really truly mourned in that period. And it was brutal and it was tough, but she understood that she's like, I gotta just let myself feel this yeah. and experience this pain. So that then she would be able to go on to the next step, having like as best as she could close the chapter on that moment in her life. It's, it's important that you have to embrace the good and the bad because the bad, as I always say, doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. And that's why you get to the next level. There was a few years ago where my second business had collapsed. Um, photo shoots had changed. I used to be the spokesperson for every makeup company and every, you know, but then they were using the influencers and the social media people. So there was a moment where it was like, I don't matter. I feel like I don't exist. And I was involved in a very abusive relationship with a man who was emotionally and and um, you know, psychologically abusive and verbally abusive. And I was trapped living in an apartment with him for many years and I had to get out and I had no money, no, I mean, here I was, I had been on what not to wear, I'd written four books, I'd had a house in Miami, I'd traveled the world. And then all of a sudden I literally, it went to nothing. Um, bad divorce. I was sued for alimony. I had to pay alimony for years. Like I was at rock bottom and I was in this abusive relationship. And I said to myself, how do I get out of this? And I said, you're a warrior and you can recreate, but you got, you got to go. So I called some friends and, and asked for help. And I'd never asked for help before because I was always misindependent doing her own thing. And I escaped in the night with a U-Haul put stuff in storage, left every stick of furniture I had behind. I had a friend who had an empty apartment because she was filming a TV show in LA and she's like, stay here as long as you want. It took seven months for me to get myself back on track. But what I did is I took that seven months, I didn't date anyone, I looked at it, I mourned it. I was like, why did I get myself involved in this? How did I let go of all this greatness that I had created? But it doesn't mean I'm not still great. It means I just am ready for chap the next chapter, Carmody 2.0. I've never been happier than I am right now. So I had to go through those years of holy shit. Like, everything's fallen apart. I've lost it all to get back to this place. And if that is not the truth, you know, you have to go through it. That's how you, you're a phoenix on the yeah. other side. For many years ago, um, when I was still on What Not To Wear, that I had this idea, because I love travel. That's my other passion is traveling the world. I love, love, love it. Um, and I had this idea 
where I wanted to travel around the world and, and show beauty treatments and adornments. And I remember it was all going to be about empowerment. And I took it to the network that we all know that loves the table flipping. And the female executive said, we're not interested in female empowerment. We want conflict. And I said, well, then I'm out. Not cool. Then I took it to a travel channel and they said, we're not interested in female travelers. It's male dominated. And I went, are you kidding? Now that was years ago. Times have changed. Definitely times have changed, but I still think that they do love the conflict. I think they do want to see that crazy and it's up to us to change it. And that's the one thing I always try to tell people is they're like, Oh, society, this and society that will worse society. That's why I wanted to do this series because I just feel like I've been so blessed yeah. by the makeup artists who have been hanging out with me on this show and who've mentored me throughout my entire career. Yeah. And from the women who've taught me about life and everything from acting technique to, you know, cooking skills to how to laugh a little bit harder to yeah. makeup tricks. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I want to get into. And so, honestly, Carmody, between you and me, until somebody decides this show needs to be somewhere other than online and where I'm putting it, I'm fine with that. Because I truly feel like, at the end of the day, the most powerful thing we can do ourselves is to follow our curiosity. Yes. And know that where something's going to eventually take us, be open to surprise, don't have all the answers. If yep. we just start off by doing what we know is right and good and what we value, then I think that that's taken me a lot of really amazing places. Well, Andrew Baby Doll, that's where your magic is. This show is that magic. And what you're saying matters. I mean, even in my career alone, people said, what you're doing is not going to work. And I'm like, I don't care. I love it. And it will be beautiful because it's light. What you're doing is light. What you're doing is you love it. And these are conversations that we need to be having. And well, it you're is also talking about big, big, big business as well. Like you've been on the biggest makeover show in history. You've been on some of the biggest TV networks and the biggest selling TV networks in the world. Like this is major, major things. But the thing that people need to recognize as well is that even if your business that you're starting up is not going to get bought by the sharks on Shark Tank and become a billion dollar company yeah. that doesn't mean that you can't have an amazing life that's the secret to happiness never once am i like oh this company sold for 2.5 billion dollars and that's my goal if that was my goal then i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing because it's not about money it's about creating product that makes it easy for all women all ages all skin tones to be able to easily figure out a way to look and feel their very very best and and i've I've, I haven't changed this track. Well, for everyone who's been watching, thank you so much. This has been Masters of Makeup with my very special guest, Carmen D. Thank you so much for joining me. And you. we'll see you all soon. Mwah.